You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. So if you're looking for any type of batteries, whether it's for your truck, your car, your trail cameras, your rangefinder, stop into a local Interstate Batteries retail location. There are thousands upon thousands of them all over the United States. Talk with a battery specialist and get the batteries that you need to go on with your life. Interstate batteries, outrageously dependable. This is the Houndsman XP Podcast. Good dog, get that bear. Get that bear in here. The original podcast for the complete houndsman. The podcast that represents our lifestyle of extreme performance. Get up there! Yeah! 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 Good boy! Good boy, Ranger! Uniting houndsmen across the globe, from east to west, north to south. You know, if you're going to catch a cat or a lion, you know, you have to have teamwork. We take you to the wildest places on earth. Yeah, so how many days how many days a week can you spend on As much as I can to be honest with you. Anytime that I get I'm I'm out there. Join us for every heart pounding adventure on Houndsman XP. I'll tell you like I tell everyone else, I'm gonna hunt whether you're here or not, so you might as well be here. <laughs> In this episode of Houndsman XP, we're going to do something that's very near and dear to my heart. We're going to air the second of my archival interviews with old-time hunters, and uh, this one was actually the first interview that I had done. Uh, This was the first time I'd ever interviewed anyone. Uh, I was a little inexperienced, and it shows there's a, we're in a barn that was kind of a little loud at times, so I apologize for that, but otherwise, um, I was very excited. And the person I'm interviewing is really special to me. He's uh, Mr. Dean Bohannon. He's how I got into coursing, and he's just a great guy. He's a Texas Special Ranger. He's been on all kinds of really interesting cases. Um, He's had amazing coursing dogs for many, many years. He's just a warm, generous, caring person. You know, I got my dogs from him. I reached out to him. And he got, took the time to get to know me. And uh, I just really liked the way he took care of his dogs and how he was really thoughtful and thorough about who he sells dogs to. You know, he didn't want them to just go to anybody. So he took the time to get to know me over the phone. And I met him in Lubbock, saw his dogs. You know, he's really adamant about great care for his pack. And what has really stuck with me over the years is he's been willing to help me Um, he's always there if I need any advice and, um, he's just so nice and, uh, very thoughtful. He's, he's just been great and, and I can't speak highly enough of him. Um, it it was just, uh, 
it was a no-brainer when I wanted to start interviewing these people that I start with Dean. I, I just think that, you know, I mean, he still texts me out of the blue to just see how I'm doing. I send him pictures all the time of the dogs, and, and as they were growing, you know, I was very excited. And, uh, you know, sometimes he just calls me out of the blue, and he's like, you wouldn't believe this race I just had. And we just sit down and geek out over incredible rabbit races for a long time. We're both pretty verbose people, so we can talk a long time. And so it's just really heartwarming to to air Dean's voice and, and just like let him tell his story. And again, being verbose, the story we told here is probably only a fraction. We could keep going for a long time and, and we will. I, I'd like to get back to Lubbock and interview him again and talk to him and and just sit down and hunt with him and, and be around him. He's just such a good guy. So uh, enjoy, you guys. We talk about all kinds of stuff. We talk about, you know, his thoughts on raising hounds and 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 great races and just so so many things you know he talks about great people he's known and he's gonna throw down a lot of names because he's very um he has a huge social network and so uh you know you're gonna meet a lot of people through his voice and you're gonna meet a lot of people through time because he's known a lot of people from long ago so before we get there guys i wanted to take some time to talk about some of the friends of hxp i'm, I'm gonna start with Patre uh patreon so Patreon is a monthly subscription website that allows you to support Houndsman XP. I mean, as you all know, Houndsman XP is free to listen to and we'll never charge you a dime to listen to our show. But if you want to support Houndsman XP, you can go to our website at www.houndsmanxp.com and above there is the, up on one of the tabs is the Patreon tab. Click on it. It's going to take you right to our Patreon page. You can also get there by going to patreon.com and searching in the search bar for Houndsman XP. It's just a way, you guys, to get sweet um, discount codes for our friends like Stickbow Outdoors, The Hound Log, uh, Paws Are Protected, uh, Big Frig products like tumblers and, and uh, coolers, which, I mean, all these products are great. They're going to uh, help you take care of yourself and take care of your pack when you're out in the field. And also, you know, the satisfaction of knowing that you're supporting Houndsman XP. And we use Patreon to help keep the lights on at Houndsman XP and keep the podcast running smoothly and always improving, which means a lot to us. And I'd also like to talk about Paws Are Protected, you guys. Build your pack from the ground up. Paws Are Protected is a product that you put on your hound's feet to keep their feet conditioned and strong. It's a great product, especially if you're running on like rough terrain like I am. I have a young pup and he's still getting his feet acclimated to the gravel and the rough rocks out here where I live. And so I keep paws protected on his feet to he keep him healing faster. He'll, he'll rub him kind of raw or like rub the, the grittiness off his pad and get it kind of thin and crack it. You know, that, that can happen. Treat feet with paws protected and that can definitely help mitigate that and help them heal way faster. And plot twist, I actually use paws protected on my feet because I wear sandals a lot and the humidity is like 10% here and uh, it's great. My feet look good. Um, I say that and I bet my wife's shaking her head behind me, but I promise you they're better than what they would be without. <laughs> she calls my feet hooves for a reason. So uh, check out Paws of Protect you guys. It's a great product. I use it all the time and I keep it on my dog's feet and my own feet. And lastly, everybody, I want to take the time to talk about Freedom Hunters. Freedom Hunters is an organization that gets Gold Star family members and veterans back out in the field or in the field for the first time. Um, we love to work with Freedom Hunters, and uh, we have several hound events coming up. And importantly, if you want to host a Freedom Hunters event that lets you take these 
um, American heroes back out into the field. You can contact me at seth.houndsmanxp at gmail.com or you can contact Chris at chris.houndsmanxp at gmail.com and we can help you get the ball rolling and uh, get you in the right area you need to go so that you can host your own Freedom Hunters event. It would mean a lot to you. It'd mean a lot to the people that you're taking out. And it's just a great token of respect and thanks to people that have done so much for us. It's the least we can do. And you're also helping the overall hound hunting lifestyle. So guys, thank you so much for listening. This episode was really near and dear to my heart. And uh, you can definitely hear how excited I was. I was a little nervous too, which was kind of silly. I'm not sure why. I just was. And uh, I've talked to Dean for so long. I was just, yeah, I was really excited. (laughs) So everybody, thank you for tuning in. As always, we appreciate your ears and we appreciate your support. Enjoy. Today's date is December 5th, 2019. I am in Lubbock, Texas with Mr. Dean Bohannon. Dean, thank you for granting me this interview, buddy. I, uh, when I started this interview series, the first person I wanted to interview was you because I wouldn't be sitting here without you. So, yeah, I mean, we've been chatting already before we started talking here for quite a while. And, uh, I drove, I was hunting pigs in Wichita Falls and on the way back, I was thought, I thought it'd be a perfect time to stop and talk to you. So, uh, without further ado, I figured the best way to start this would be to ask you, Dean, how old are you? Where were you born? And when's the first time you started running dogs? Well, I'll be 70 my birthday. And I guess uh, I was born and raised over at Iowa Park. It's uh, right west of Wichita Falls where you were hunting last night. Not too far from where you were hunting. And uh, I started running rabbits, I guess, when, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 years old. And uh, my brother that called a while ago, while you were with me, Aubrey Bohannon, at Wichita Falls, and my brother-in-law at Wichita Falls, Gary Chandler, uh, they got me started in the rabbit business. They ran rabbits. We used to go on Sundays over to Davidson and Frederick. They might be 15 truckloads of us, 20 truckloads of A lot of rabbits, Davidson, Frederick, you know, all over across, just right across uh, the river, Red River over in Oklahoma. And uh, you never seen so many pickups and rabbit dogs in your life. And uh, so anyway, uh, my brother and, and uh, Orby and Gary, my brother-in-law, they ran rabbits and uh, and there was a fella by the name of Bear Waters that had a ranch over at Wichita Falls, between Wichita Falls and Iowa Park and back, back north toward Burtonette. He had the most beautiful stag dog that you've ever seen a young dog come up to his place. And he was red, shaggy, didn't have a collar on him. And back home, everybody called me Jackie. And he called me, or he called and asked me if I'd want that dog. I said, well, we need, we want to try to find the owner, you know. And we looked everywhere, and I run that dog for a couple years, and my brother-in-law had a little shaggy jip called Nail. Little stag zip. We ran those two together. And uh, my brother, I, I, he had a, he had, I went with him when I was just a kid. He had a Datsun pickup, brand new Datsun pickup. When those Datsun pickups first came out, 
he had a dance to pick up and a guy from Big Springs, Texas who had was known to be kind of the king of rabbit dog business named Buddy Wynn. He's dead now, but he had a dog called Joe and Blondie, their litter mates. And he's gonna get out of the business and my brother and I drove to Big Springs, Texas. I'll never forget it, it was sleeting and snowing and it's a bad day to travel, but we went and got her. And uh, we got back and the first time we went hunting with us and all those guys and all those pickups, when my brother unloaded those two dogs, that dog and that female, all the hunters said, where did you get Joe and Blondie? And they said, well, Buddy Wynn something. We didn't know Buddy Wynn was gonna get out of the bed. They said, how'd you get a hold of them dogs? And they were, they could run up on a rabbit and they could live forever. They just didn't miss rabbits. They were straight stags? Pardon? They were straight stag hounds? No, those oh. two dogs were just greyhounds. Just oh, okay. Greyhound. okay. My brother-in-law and I, we had shag dogs. And so anyway, uh, my brother-in-law, of course, Orby, he didn't hardly ever miss a rabbit. And my brother-in-law and I, we didn't miss many rabbits. You know, we'd miss one or two. We had pretty decent dogs, but we didn't know, you know, every time it was a guess whether they was gonna catch them or not. Yeah, that's but how they I were, started. they were nice dogs. Well, there was a guy named uh, Arthur Harvey from Blair, Oklahoma, that my brother, when he lived in Altus, coyote hunted with him all the time, and Arthur was no coyote hunter. He didn't run with a box or anything. He just run an open pickup, them dogs. They would not get out of that pickup until he, he hits them. He just run around an old six-cylinder Ford three-speed. He run those dogs out of the open pickup. He'd just ride around all up in that northern part. And a lot of alfalfa patches up there. And he liked to breed. And this is where I kind of got to where I like to breed stags and, and, and hot butt dogs. So uh, he liked, and he saw mine and Gary's little, our stag dog, his stag jet, my stag dog. And, and he wanted to swap for them. And he said, I've got some rabbit gyps up there that will kill every rabbit that comes up. He said, y'all come up here. He said, y'all bring your stags and y'all come up here. Y'all run your stags and I'll run these little gyps. And I'll get rid of my gyps. I don't keep them for coat dogs. And we went up there. We were walking across this alfalfa patch and the next section of alfalfa, alfalfa patch there were. And Gary looked at me and he said, Jackie, if a rabbit comes up in this field, there is no rabbit alive that can get away from these dogs. <laughs> and I said, you're right. And we were walking along there and he said, stop. And we stopped and there's a rabbit in the bed. He saw it. It's hard and to do. we <laughs> had to walk up there near to kick that rabbit out of the bed. And we may have turned it two or three or four times and then that rabbit just went to skipping with his ears up. <laughs> And I mean, really embarrassed this. Yeah. Arthur Harvey said, you take these two gyps. There was a blonde one and there was a red one. And we named them Tootsie and Queenie. And we went out there and we killed three rabbits in a row with those gyps and didn't have any long races. So anyway, we made the swap and then there was a black gyp there that was a sister to him and my brother Orbert gave $50 for her. And I'm telling you, they were rabbit dogs. And that's my... That's my first experience with real rabbit dogs. Uh, the, the stag dogs we had, you know, in our part of the country was a different rabbit than it was over north of Blair, Oklahoma. It was a whole, whole totally different deal. And so, anyway, I, I've just, I've been, I've just been running, breeding these old dogs ever since. 
what exactly to you is a staghound? Because I hear so many different oh, variations. Oh, I tell you, I just call I just call a staghound a hairy dog. Exactly. So I've heard that they're coyote bred greyhounds. I've heard that they're their own unique breed. They have all kinds of no, stuff I in just, them. I, they're just a hairy dog as far as big hairy dog. Yeah. So if you were to run any species. Well, I know you've run coyotes and rabbits, but what do you prefer? What's your favorite to run, and why? Oh, I, I like a little hair on a dog. I really do. But I, I don't care. I don't care what color a dog is, or if he's got hair or not. If he's a good dog, I like. Him. What about for species to run? What do you like to run against? Rabbits or coyotes or what else? You what? know, I ran coyotes. I showed you that picture. I ran coyotes for lots and lots and lots of years, and. Uh, I've had some coyote dogs that could just go to a coat, make a coat look like it's running backwards. And those same dogs could make a jackrabbit lay his ears down. That's, they couldn't catch a jackrabbit. Yeah, that's crazy. And so, well, I guess, yeah. Anyway. Any different speed there. But I, I got to breeding dogs, and I got to I got to play it, and I'd go watch dogs. You know, I'd watch other guys' dogs and, and really studying these dogs. And... Uh, I, I I bought some dogs, some real coat dogs off of Roger Coleman. They could really go and fly. Really go to a coat. And good dogs. Good at dogs that a man want to run. And then there was a guy named Al Samples. I'm sure Al's dead by now, but he used to. At one time, he was the king of the rabbit dogs. You know, everybody's got good rabbit dogs now, but there's a time at just a few hours. I've heard that a lot, actually. That, like, and Al like Samples worked for a guy named uh, Creek down in Odessa, Texas. And I can't remember Creek's first name, but he was a he was a, he was in the running dog business. And Al Samples took and bred a dog that Creek, one of his stud dogs. I want to say it was either Texas Talking or Texas Walking. One of the two. I think it was Texas Talking to a coat bred chip. And he got some of the runningest sound bucks I ever seen. And when he had a jip named Queenie and a dog named Tex, and uh, they were litter mates, and uh, when they got three years old, he wanted to sell them. He called me. I told him, I said, if you ever want to sell those dogs, I want first shot of them. He called me, and I met him. I left here one evening after I got off work. I worked for sheriff's office, got off five o'clock, and I met him at Weatherford, Texas. Got those dogs and drove back home, and I could kill a jackrabbit. And I started using them to breeding dogs, uh, breeding dogs uh, for rabbits. Head. Yeah, for yeah. rabbit dogs, and and I and I ran a lot of coyotes. That old Texas dog would go catch a runaway coyote. I mean, he just step out there and catch a coyote quick. But uh, I don't know. And then uh, I just watch. And I see someone that's got a really outstanding dog. I tried to buy them. Yeah. I'd had a little plan. And several years ago, there's a black guy here named Delbert Hood, and he was a king of he was a king of running dogs of one time. He yeah. was he had some great dogs in his life. But he bought a dog no, let me back up. A guy named Benny Roy from down at College Station had a pair of stag hounds, puppies. And he brought one to Delbert Hood, give one to Delbert well, I think he gave two to Delbert Hood and then a guy from down at Electra, Texas, can't think of his name right now, got the other one, but the one Delbert had, he didn't really want him, you know, he's a big old footed thing, had big old feet. No, as a matter of fact, Delbert named him Bigfoot. The legend. The legend. So anyway, I'd have been hearing about Bigfoot and hearing about Bigfoot. 
So one day I had an opportunity to go hunting with him, and I went, and Delbert, this Bigfoot dog, when he had put him on the lead, and he had a couple other dogs, and those dogs hit a rabbit two or three or four times, and, you know, they, their deal was over, and that old Bigfoot dog would take it, the race over. And I'm telling you, it didn't make any difference how far he went, he killed him. And then Delbert and Doc Blevins, they'd go try and catch that dog. They couldn't catch him. He'd be running around the field with a rabbit in his mouth. And I watched him. And they was out there trying to catch him. He jumped another rabbit, dropped that rabbit, took off. He killed three rabbits that away before, by himself before they got him caught. Well, Raymond Rodriguez, a friend of mine that he and I hunt together all the time, Raymond said, Delbert, said, uh, I know where there's some rabbits at that you can't catch. And I knew where he was talking about it. It was no hard, hard, hard pasture. And Delbert, the way he talked slow, he said, well, Raymond, I sure would like to go try him. And I thought he'd rest his dog two or three days. He, they went right then. I went over, and Delbert had a bad hip or bad leg or something that day. And I told him, I said, I'll walk your dog for you, Delbert. And we went over there to this pasture. It was a section pasture. It was hard old ground. It run cattle on it. And you know, over there in our farming country, every mile there's a road. Every section mile yeah, there's a road. Yeah. And I took those dogs, got them on the lead, walked across the bar ditch and come out on the pasture. Didn't have a fence around it, it was just an old pasture. And there he come up right then that quick. I turned out on him and them other dogs he had, they worked him for a little while and worked him for a little while and worked him for a little while and that old thing got long and that old Bigfoot dog, he went to the rabbit and he stuck his nose in his hind end. Never let up. That, that rabbit went plumb across that section with that old dog just working. Went out on a hard, cleachy road beating that rabbit out of that police road several times, the rabbit come back in the field and come plumb across that section, back across it, and probably killed him in a hundred yards before I jumped the rabbit. I said, man, I gotta have that dog, I gotta plan for him. <laughs> and so I said, Delbert, I'll give you 1500 for that dog now. He said, no, I won't take it, I won't take it. Same goes heavy. So I don't know, when the dog got, I think five years old, old Delbert called me. And I had, a, I had a chip over here, bred. I went to him and I said, can I breed? I got a, I got a, George Harlan loaned me one of his proven hot blood chips. She had pups on the track that was, I mean, she was proven. And she ran out a lot of money on track. He said, Dean, I'll let you breed her. But when she weans those puppies, I'm gonna pass her this time when she comes in. If you wanna come get her and breed her, he and I were pretty close. And I, but when you're through, when she weans them pups, I want her right back here in my pants. I said, you've got a deal. So the day That's they deal. <laughs> So anyway, I went over to Delbert's and, and uh, I bred to him. And I told Delbert that I would give him, uh, I think it was $750 in three of those pups. And, and I'd keep them till they was eight weeks old. He said, let's do it. Or 12 weeks old. Let me back up 12 weeks old. He said, he said I'll do that. So I gave him $750. Those puppies, I, they had all their shots in them and everything, and at 12 weeks old I took them, and they, they were rabbit dogs, and the ones I kept named Shiloh and Shalimar and that bunch of dogs. I'm telling you what, I raised some of the best rabbit dogs I've ever run out of those dogs. And I still got that bloodline. And which is in my dog as well. Which is in your dog as well. And actually, this red Jeff I just showed you out here that's a half-sister to your dog, She's a double-bred Bigfoot dog, and she goes back. Let me back up too. 
And when my wife and I got married 25 years ago, Doc Blavis had been over here to, to uh, Hobbs, New Mexico. And he brought some puppies back to the guy named Joe Cleveland over there, who was known all over. He's dead now. I don't know if he bought them off of them or they had a deal or what, but my brothers picked two of the, a male and a female out of there and brought them to my wife and I for a wedding present. We just got married. And so my wife, my wife, that show, uh, Pretty Woman, come out when she named them after, she called one of them the male dog, Joe Edward. Yes, Joe Edward. And named the female Vivian. That was actually, you know, she got the old, what's her name? I'm not as up to date as my pretty woman. But anyway, she named that. They said they had all their shots. You don't need their shots or anything. And I had them out here, the little old puppies, had them out here in a barn and a pen out there behind it. And I went out there one morning and that female was just kind of sitting down on the ground. Her eyes were glaring. I said, oh my gosh, she's got parvo. I took her to vet and everything. We tried to save her and she died. Hmm. Well, this, this Joe dog, he was supposed to be out of a dog, a really good outstanding hot blood chip and a and a Saluki dog over in New Mexico named Fire. Yeah, which of course I know, and I know the woman who bred Fire. Well, that's 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 the way this dog was bred. He's a good dog. Anyway, when this dog was nine months old, I had two rabbit gyps that could murder a rabbit, but their their lick was about a mile. If they didn't have him killed yeah. in a mile, well. A lot of hot blood. Anyway, I had this dog, and when he was nine months old, They'd killed a lot of rabbits. He had seen a lot of rabbits. They'd, they'd killed a lot of rabbits in front of him. But nine months old, Delbert Hood, my brother, I don't remember who all, we was up there north of the little field on on, uh, on Outlaw Road. And we jumped a rabbit and those little old zips and they was hitting him and that old Joe dog was just trying his best to pick him up. Man, they ran that dog and they, they were some Man, they finally made it over to a ranch, and they made it through. Went through two barbed wire fences, and they all went through. And in a little bit, those jips started playing out, and that little Joe dog, he just went to him and just went to working that rabbit, working that rabbit, way off over. I saw him catch that rabbit. And I said, that dog, that puppy just killed that rabbit. And Delbert said, no, no, Dean, he didn't kill that rabbit. My brother said, no, I don't think that dog killed that rabbit. I said. I'll be back in a little bit. Here in a little bit, I'll come back with Joe Edwards and that rabbit in my hand. And I ran him and a jip I got from Doc Blevins named Nova. Oh, I ran them for two or three years. And the only way a rabbit lived under them was going a hole or climb a tree. If they didn't do that, they were dead rabbit. So how long does a good rabbit dog run for? What do you think? You know, I don't, you know, I think it has a whole lot to do with how hot they are. Yeah. That's what I've heard from a lot of people. I you know I you breed them really it. really hot. I compare I compare a, a really running dog to a, the difference between a dragster and a mm. Indy car. And for all the people that don't know, hot blood is a racetrack race greyhound. Track, no. yep. Yeah. But I've had some I've had some half half hots and and uh, half Bigfoot that I run five years old. That Jeff right out here, this red Jeff out here, mm -hmm. she'll be she'll be six in January. The half sister years. Yeah. 
Mike McLaughlin was with me yesterday, and Dan Conkle, Raymond Rodriguez. I run four rabbits, killed all four of them, and that Jeff right there can still just lay out there. It, it doesn't make any difference. She's a real deal, and she's running just, I mean, she's running just. You know, the thing, right thing about coursing that i found is that, at least with a lot of other hound sports and houndsmen I've talked to, is the thing, the, da- the big downside to coursing is it's like really high high octane and the injury rate can be a little higher than other hound sports because they're running at such a powerful rate and I think luck really has a lot to do with how long they can last too well honestly. I'll tell you a whole lot of it is the care oh definitely definitely the care and uh, definitely I'm not going to go and turn out I'm not going to go and turn out on a place that there's rocks all over that big around and I know guys if they think there's a jackrabbit in there they're going to go jump that jackrabbit. It didn't make any difference if downtown Houston heard <laughs> a jackrabbit in that dead gum little old rock there. They're going to run him. And yeah. uh, I'm not going to. I think too much of my dogs. I spend too much money and got a lot of care in them. To uh, so, I kind of. I'm kind of careful about where I run. My brother jokes that he'll keep his kids out of spending too much money when they're older because he'll get them into hounds and then yeah. they won't have any money to do anything. Yeah. yeah. That's it's a yeah. You know, and a big mistake I made when I started is that. I didn't recognize how much space you need, and I also didn't recognize the speed and power of those dogs. I'd never even seen a Greyhound yeah. run before. Well, you know, when you came over here, y'all was running, and you bought those two pups off of me. Y'all were running some bird dogs and some beagles. I don't know what else. No, no. I uh, I got started coursing, I mean, at night. Y'all didn't have any Greyhounds. No, I was running just one half bird dog, half pit bull at night with a spotlight. And, and she'd catch a rabbit. Oh, yeah, she'd catch him for you sure. you kept telling me what a rabbit dog I said. Oh, God. Not, remember I told you, I said, <laughs> when, when when those dogs grow up, you're going to need to buy you a set of binoculars and tie around them. I dogs totally stole that from you. So they can see where 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 these dogs have gone, you know. You know, it's funny. when I, I love talking about coursing. To say I'm addicted to it's an understatement, but nobody in my part of the world, southern New Mexico, has even seen a greyhound. So... They don't yeah. understand, yeah. and I didn't either. And my dog, that greyhound, was out running that bird dog at six months old, and I was just like, oh, I, I just told you that would you wouldn't believe it. We, we were using her to find rabbits for us because they're so hard to find out there in the desert prairie. And by the end of a three-minute race, she'd be more than a thousand yards behind oh, us. Yeah. It takes her like a minute to catch up to us. We're just dying. You know, I used to sell a lot of dogs, lots of places. Uh, I've sold them to Roger Coleman up in Kansas, and. Sold them to a lot of guys over in Oklahoma and New Mexico. I've sold a lot of coyote dogs. I don't mind selling to a coyote hunter, you know, because, uh, you know, if I know they take care of their dogs. That's right. But I'm going to tell you, I've, right. I've got guys that call me right now to buy dogs, but I'm real careful. I, I would sell you dogs again because you're a fanatic about taking care of a dog. It's my, yeah, it's and, an investment. But, you know, here, here's the thing about it. You can have the best dogs in the world. You take half of the pups out of a litter, and I take half the pups out of a litter, and whoever takes care of them best is going to have the best performing dog. Totally agree. So totally what, agree. I've, what I've done, you know, what I've seen in the past, no boy out here have the best dogs in the world, and he'll sell them to some old boy over here that halfway takes care of them, and they can't kill a rabbit, and they'll say, well, that's no hall dog, or that's no bow-handed dog. That makes you look bad. It makes you look bad. Yeah, so that's I right. just quit selling. Dogs. That's a really good way. Of, you know, it's funny. A lot of people get blinded by the greed of selling puppies, or, I think, in my opinion, they just don't care. And I agree with you. I think your reputation is on the line. And I, I'm not gonna lie. When I got those pups, another thing I was really happy. Not only just because I'm obsessed with it, but like, also I wanted to show you that 
they're really rocking. You know what I mean? They're catching rabbits like crazy. And I'm so excited. The first rabbit those two caught as a pair, I called you seconds after they caught that rabbit. And I was literally jumping out there in that field. Jumping for I thought drug. I was going to have to send one of them animals over <laughs> to give you some options. That rabbit came up in front of them. I mean, it was hiding under a, um, under a tar bush. And I was walking. We had walked about three miles. And that rabbit come up right in front of that jip. And she can accelerate so fast, she just blew up on that rabbit's tail, and they caught that rabbit in 45 seconds, and I about had a heart attack, I collapsed. I mean, I was just, oh, you know, it was awesome, so. But you know, I've raised some running dogs that are kin to your dogs. Well, they'd be uncles, a lot of uncles and aunts to your dogs. And I've had guys from different parts of the country say, well, those dogs can't catch a rabbit in our part of the country. I've never run over in New Mexico, never have. So different. That's the thing, it's and so, so different. And so anyway, Mike McLaughlin went over and tied a couple of times or maybe won some of them contests they have over, yeah. you know. Yep. And, and uh, he went up there one day, and I won't mention the guy's name, a guy told him, said, we're gonna go up here and run somewhere over in New Mexico. He said, you don't catch no rabbits over there. And, they ran three apiece, Mike called all three of his, and that guy caught two of his. And so, now it's just like these dogs I've got out here now, that you just looked at. You can have the fastest dog in the world, you can have the longest running dog in the world, but if you don't breed mouths on those dogs, totally agree. and if they don't put that, I don't care how fast they can run, how far they can run, if you don't put that rabbit on that pickup, you don't have rabbit dogs. Totally agree. And I think the speed and the endurance, I think finding dogs that got good mouths on them is just as important as anything. I've seen hot bloods, like primarily um, like heavy track dog builds that can just scream up on a rabbit and at the last second they'll kind of just, they, they don't go, they don't have that heart to just like Yeah, well I've seen a lot of dogs can just, just run up on a rabbit and just run, I mean just run past it, you know. I like a dog that run on, I want that dog when he gets that rabbit start setting up, start setting mm. up. I don't want him running over him. I want him to start setting up, watching, 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 watching. Yeah, I agree. I, I love when, uh, I got, and I got pictures of it too, when that pack puts that rabbit in jail by putting oh, a V behind it. Nothing prettier. What, what's your favorite size pack to run? What? How many dogs do you like to put on the ground? Actually, I don't like to run but two dogs. My favorite thing is to run two dogs. Why is that? And I've got no, I just like to run two dogs. Got it. There's that's no strategy because I like to get analytical about it. I like to I just I, that's just my, that's my yeah. thing. That don't make me right. That no, of make course. Me wrong, yeah, yeah. Know, but I like to run too. But I've never had as many dogs I've got right now. I've had dogs as good as dogs that I've got right now, but I've never had as many good dogs on my. How many do you like to keep at a time usually? I I've got I've got nine running dogs and I run them three, three, and three. That's yeah. I love three. I yeah. think a pack of three is perfect. You know, in a pack of three, really, if you have an old dog get stowed out of the race, you know, you've got two that still. Yeah. I like it because we, we run in a lot of tall grass, and so when they'll turn that rabbit, commonly they'll, which I... times they'll lose a rabbit. Yeah, and, and that, that trailer up. will yeah. see it, and then they just alternate in packs of pairs, and then they have a trailing dog. That'll, that's a real nice thing about Salukis, is they are really good at keeping yeah. that rabbit right in front of them. But, you know, I just, uh, you know, I had a guy ask me one time, about about rabbit dogs and I said about what I think's the best I said you know I can't tell you what's the best yeah if you're running three hot bloods another guy's running three salukis another guy's running three halves 
and you all go out there and each one of you run three rabbits apiece, each one of you kill three rabbits apiece, who's is the best? Exactly. And another thing too is, I think people get really robotic about the animals. You know, a super athlete's gonna That's have a, a good day. a rabbit hunter calling me right now. <laughs> Mike McLaughlin. I wanna to talk to him too. I'm, I hope to get a hold of him. I was hoping he'd be here so I could shake his hand, but I guess. Mike McLaughlin, I met Mike McLaughlin, I don't know how many years ago. I saw Ricky Hickey, a male dog here, that's out of Bigfoot and a hot budget. And I kept his brother and two brothers. I had three males and Ricky won one. He bought a male and a female. And Mike McLaughlin went down, and I didn't know Mike McLaughlin then. He went down and he liked that dog. He's a hairy, kind of a hairy dog. He had a little hair on him. I could be up out there and had a little hair around his old nose and all. Mike fell in love with him and bought him off of Ricky. Mike ran him for a long time. He crippled him one after he'd been running him several years. He sent him to his brother up in Alaska. So, and so Mike, when, when, he, when, he, when he bought that dog and then he heard about me, well, he and I have been friends ever since. He's come down and bought dogs off of me since. He drives from Wyoming to run here. And he's that here, tells you about here, Lubbock's running. He is here right now. Yeah. He's here right now. Man. He told me, he said, Dean Bohannon, he said, you are in there. Rabbit capital of the world. It is. No, it really and, is. Uh, Every time we're driving for hours on the prairie, I'm like, I really wish I was running in Lubbock where move, I could just move, walk down. Move, move over here. <laughs> My wife's got a good job, though. That's the problem. <laughs> Stay there. <laughs> I want to just have a sugar mama. Yeah. You know, it's Mike, not... Mike's here now. Mike and Dan Conkle, they're both from Sheridan, Wyoming. They always come up here every year to run rabbits for me. I take a week's vacation, so I go run with them. I went and ran with them yesterday. They went running. They went hunting day four yesterday, Tuesday, with uh, Ricky Hickey, and then Wednesday we ran. We're skipping today, and we'll go tomorrow and Friday, tomorrow and Saturday. Yeah. So, what do you think is a? I mean, let's say that no one gets injured. You just have like a normal day of running. What do you think is a good rest period for a dog after, say, he runs, you know, two good rabbits? What do you think? How you long? Know, if you have two good races, put them up. Yeah. Totally. Put them up. Yeah. I know guys that'll. Run them dogs and they'll just keep running. They just, they can't stand to leave that field. If you have two good races, they kill two good rabbits, put them dogs in the That is up. one of the best things about knowing Justin Heist that has taught me, is that we'd run two good rabbits and he'd be like, we're done. And well, the dogs Justin, fine. Justin, he's a, I don't know, he's David's son, but and I don't know how David, I know David's been around forever and ever and ever. The Grand Canyon was a creek when he started rabbit hunting. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's yeah, been around yeah. forever, and I don't know how David runs. I'm never going to run with him, but Justin hadn't been running that many years. No, he hasn't, and that surprised me. I thought he'd been running since he was he a kid. He came over here and got. He asked me, said, "Can you get me two of them George Harlan hot blood chips?" He got his dog starting just like I did from you too. Yeah, I mean, I told he him had I some said, from his dad I too. I told him, I said, "Yeah, I'll get you a pair." So. I don't know how far it is from here to Las Cruces, but he and his wife drove over here and Six hours. all night and got, <laughs> got the dogs the next morning. I, I never had met him, but he seemed like a fine man. He's great. Yeah, I love running with Justin. He is, he's taught him, you, David, Mike, everyone has given me so much. I, I feel like I'm 10 years older than I am in this sport just because those guys, all of you guys have given me so much knowledge. I'll tell, right tell you what it all boils down to, Seth. Breed heart to heart. That was one of the questions Very I was going to ask. Majority, you. you'll get heart. If you breed, if you breed heart to crap, you may get heart. You may get crap. You know, a lot of people I know, they are very interested in the dog's genealogy. They want to know like what it what it mix 
what its mix is. So like, is it 50% hot blood, 50% Saluki? And then if you breed that to another known genetics dog, but you know, I've listened to and talked to a lot of houndsmen too, especially in the lion and bear running community. And they're all about heart to heart, best to best, best always. To best. And that's how now, I feel. Let me share something with you. You know, there's an old horse called Easy Jet. He was an outstanding horse, outstanding horse. They studied him a stud. He produced a lot. Racehorse? Some, yes. There were some of his brothers, they thought, well, you know, they're breeding. They never got any production. Never got anything to run out of. Well, I've got some brothers that can do things I can't do. See what I'm saying? True, true. I've got, I've got several brothers can't, that do things that they, there's no way in the world I can do. Yeah, look at the difference between well, mine. If you, if you were wanting to produce a, you know, Well, let me just back up. Here, here's, here's what, here's, here's, what, here's, what, here's, what, here's what I heard a guy say here a while back. He said, you know, said Mike Tyson's kids are more likely to be boxers than his brother's kids. Yeah. Well, let's say uh, true is that? Shaquille O'Neal's kids are more likely to slam down. Yeah. yeah, be more likely to slam up. So if... Uh, you know, I've been, I, I've, I've, I've had horses all my life. My dad kept us horses all, and I love horses. I've got a horse out here right now. I buy a lot of horses. I bought a lot of horses. I ride a lot of horses. Not near as much as I used to, but uh, I don't want to feed a sorry horse, and I don't want to feed a sorry dog. I'm not going to do it. it costs a lot of money to buy one of them sacks of feed. I oh. get that sack right there that's sitting right behind you laying down over there. I bought two, I bought two times of those and that's my last one right there to out those two times. Now how many how many bags of feed do you how long does it take you to go with this pack out here through a fifty pound sack? You know, I fill them up my automatic feeders. My dogs are on automatic feeders, but it's a good quality feed. Definitely. They look great. And super soft. But I, su I supplement I supplement them with with meat. Right. Just, yeah. I'm not gonna run dogs that don't have meat in them. Okay, so what why? Why meat? I tell you what, it just makes them stronger. Makes them strong. The protein, the fat. What do you? Yeah, I tell you what, Kurt Hardin said. Kurt Hardin's probably as good a greyhound man in the racing business. His family, you know, his dad, his daddy was in the hall. His granddaddy's in the hall of fame, and you know they produce some of the runningest dogs in the world. And uh, Kurt Hardin told me that if he couldn't, if he gets to where he can't find meat to feed his running dogs, he's out of the business. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've heard people that just throw deer carcasses over the fence for a big pack of coyote dogs and they'll just tear it up. I know, I mean, lion hunters, they'll feed the dogs the lions they kill. I know a guy down there, he's dead now, we're still falling. He's wealthy. I mean, he had more money than Joe. Oh, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I'm just going to get it out of your way so you can stretch your leg out. We got good I, uh, fight. Wealthy on Joe Gump. He had to worry about dog feed. You know, he, he, uh, he had a he had a grandmother that back in the sixties, you know, you could buy a new GMC pickup. Did I mess it up? No, you're good. Keep going. You could buy a new GMC pickup for eighteen hundred dollars. He'd just tear one of them up, go then. Yes. And he'd throw it in the bone yard and his grandmother buy him another one. Rabbit hunting's but expensive, coyote hunting's way worse. <laughs> that's why I quit coyote hunting. It takes a whole lot better dog to catch a jackrabbit than it does a coyote. So, yeah, I was going to say, I always pictured you as a rabbit man, but I've never asked you officially what do you like to run more. But Oh, you you know, I like them both, but I just I, I just don't care anything about coyote hunting anymore. Yeah. I don't care. I went coyote hunting with some guys here a while back, and I come home, my wife said, did you enjoy it? And I said, no, I really didn't. I said they was using their pickup for 
to get to the couch to their dog. I hate that. I, I, you know, if I wanted to chase something you in know, a truck I, and turn out on it, I'd throw yeah, my bird dog here, on the ground. You know, <laughs> seriously, I watch them. I watch them go across the fields to their couch and make them break stride and then drop the box out on, right on top of them. Yeah, and, and they was having 15 to 20 second races to get to the coat. I see that a lot. I mean, I that. used to, used to, I, I just, I would turn out on them coats. I'm for the race. Same. So 100%. the thing about it is, that's why I like rabbit hunting. Takes a much better dog. You got to keep them finer tuned. Totally agree. Got to keep them hitting on all eight totally cylinders. Totally agree. For to run rabbits this time of year. Houndman, I really respect. Says one in one hundred coyotes is a real runner, but one in one hundred jackrabbits you're going to catch under a, a minute. And I was like, I totally agree. I mean, they are just so hard to catch. And I, if I wanted to, if I wanted to just kill rabbits, I'd shoot them. But I want to see a race. Yeah. Well, the thing I love is, a lot of race. people. I've had guys. Uh, I've had guys. Uh, and my father-in-law, man, he was a uh, he he. Golly, he died here about four years ago. His name was Bill Jones. And he's, oh, he's had so many dogs. He raised a lot of good dogs. But he told me, he, you know, we'd have that old drought and that old ground would be hard. And, you know, and all them jackrabbits was hard to so catch. So hard. Years yeah. and years ago, he said, if we'll have a rain, next time we we'll go hunting, you think you got a new set of dogs. I hear that in my head every single time it rains. And the next day, I take those dogs out as, as best as I can. It doesn't rain often in the winter in my neck of the woods, but if it rains and that ground is wet, we go this out there. Year, and this year, awesome. this year in our country has been the best year I've seen in a long time for and the ground. Same. Ours has been horrible, horrible. Our, our summer was just so brutal, and the rabbit population plummeted, and our rain didn't come until too late, and the ground was only soft one time. Me and Justin went running two, three weeks ago now, and we did great, and the ground was perfect, and I mean. Those are the days that you'll always remember. I mean, it was if so you fun. have good dogs, a jackrabbit can't outrun good dogs. We've only I, I, I just at that twisting and turning. Yeah. But I, this is this doesn't make me right. I'm not saying I'm right, and I'm not an authority. It's all right. Everyone. But I'm telling you, when that rabbit is laying in that bed right there, I really believe that rabbit already knows what route he's going to take. I completely agree. And if you don't have dogs can keep him running his route. He's gonna beat you. I've seen as soon as you turn the rabbit, the race just changes. The energy of the race changes. Messes your mind up. Totally agree. Yeah. And that's why I like a good speed dog to get in there and that's really right. screw up his plan. And Justin Heiss, his his favorite strategy is to combine speed dogs with Salukis. And I think that combo is so deadly in our neck of the woods. Well, speed dog with Salukis, I'm not saying he's wrong. Sure, sure. But here again, I watched a lot of those movies, them having them races over there. And it looks like to me, you know, they're having four and five minute races, and I've seen some of them videos, and it didn't look like to me that the dogs were trying to kill the rabbit. The Saluki like style is them. so different, so different. It's true because you know, and I, it's funny. We had a we had a three minute race, and at the end of that race, even Justin scent hound, he's got a scent hound that runs around looks for rabbits for us. Even she was in the race. That's how slow the rabbit dogs were because they were so tired. And it made me laugh because I thought of you because you were like a collie can catch a rabbit if the good speed dogs can work him down for it. And I was laughing because, I mean, I love the Salukis because after the two and a half minute mark, they do start like trying. You'll see them kind of like pull up ahead. I say trying. That's why I like a little bit of stag in my dog. And this didn't make me right. Like again, I'm not, I'm not oh, yeah. an authority. But uh, it seemed like to me that if you keep it a little staggy, 
it seemed like it gives them more desire to put their mouth on that rabbit. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think a, I think a blend. I, speaking only from a strict biologic standpoint, I think a blend of genetics seems to be ideal. But yeah, I tell you what, if you breed heart to heart, I like to look at the feet. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get, have a dog that sits down on that back end. Totally. I watch them toes. I want them to stand up kind of like a dingo. Is that called cat feet? Yeah. Is that what people call that? Uh, coon feet. Coon feet. I like that yeah. better. I like them stand up on them toes. All. I look at their feet before I breed them. I like to, I like, I, I, I want to know that they, they, they've got mouths on them. Totally. They totally. don't have, I, I just. I know a lot of people that want to breed to that number, that, that, that pedigree, to me. And again, this is my limited five years. Uh, or three years, two years on, three years on rabbit dogs and two years of coursing a mutt. Well, I'm going to share with you about your dogs and my dogs. Let's hear it. Dale Hall has used my dog several times. I'd loan him a dog to go breed to. Yeah. I let him have a dog and a jib, Twister. She's well, th she's well known. Oh, yeah. It's my dog's mom. And uh, anyway, I let him take Twister and raise some pups. He wanted to breed that. Something happened to that. Something happened to that. That sense dog, which would be an uncle to your dog, half uncle. Something happened to him; he died. But uh, anyway, he he raised some litter, some pups out of old Twister, and he said, "Ah, oh, dang, dang, these are something to run this on bucks." He I loves Twister. And I sold him a dog named Diesel, and he sold that dog. He was a he was a rabbit dog. He was a rabbit. Dog. He was one and a half. Uh, he was one of them half Bigfoot and half a hot blood jet. And uh, anyway, uh, Dale asked me if I knew anyone that had a really running dog and that they might sell. And Raymond Rodriguez, a friend of mine that we hunt together all the time, he had a dog over here, a male dog that could run. He could, he could run. Had a lot of speed. Could stay out there. He was a he was a mile, mile and a quarter dog, but he could run. Didn't have that great a mouth on him. But Dale, I told Dale, I said, this dog can run. He said, what do you sell him? I said, yeah, I think he said him. He said, what do you want for him? I said, I don't know. We'll go over and ask him. And I said, you'll get some running dogs. I said, there will be some running dogs out of him at Twister. And so he went over and bought that dog, and he got some pups out of him. I would have never bred that away. Now right. here's what here's the point I'm making. You think you got this figured out? And you go breed to a big high powered hot blood dog, and you know, and all this. I would have probably never bred that away. He bred that away, and he gave me a pair of jibs. I brought them over here. That's them two right out there. And you like him a lot. And I'm telling you, once when they were dying, my soul, they were knocking a rabbit down. I mean, they were knocking them down. And they were pretty good. And, and, but they've developed a whole lot better mouth than them. But they caught a lot of rabbits when they had nine months old. Can you train mouth into a dog? I think no, you can. You gotta, I, no, I don't. I, well, let me share. But you know, I do. I do. I, let me back up again. But anyway, let me tell you about these dogs. And I'd have never bred that away. So I said, golly, bum, he zipped. I said, I'm going to go run by them dogs off of him. So I went to, and he. He wanted a little bit of bigger dogs for coyote dogs. So I got your two. 
and these two out here and two more. Got it. So the siblings he kept were a lot bigger than Pronto and Calypso and all them. Huh? The, the siblings that, that Dale kept were a lot bigger than the he ones didn't keep he didn't keep any of them. I got them all. Oh, I thought he kept some. No. Oh, okay. He still has some out of Twister, but another dog. Oh, half. Oh, that's right. He told me he had some half brothers. Yeah. So, but anyway. They're big too. Golly, when I saw these two gyps run out of my jeep, Raymond's dog did. I told him about it. I said, man, I got to get to it. I said, dog, 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 right? And you got two of them. And, uh, to say I like those two is an understatement. So, <laughs> I'm sitting here because of how much I like those dogs. They run what so else, good. What else you asked me that I was telling you about this story? Oh, okay. can you train mouth into them? Yes, I tell you what I do. You see my big pens out here? They're big pens, aren't they? I think I know where this is going. When I have letters of pups, that's where they go, right out there. Yeah. And I keep a toy over for them. Yes. Sometimes a no rope, it's got knots on both ends, whatever it might be. And, I, and now this is just my thought. This don't make me right. But those pups get to contest having contests. You know, one of them will grab yep. something, go to running, and the other one will go chase them. That little pup that's got it is twisting and turning and trying that's to That's how I picked mine. <laughs> you threw a sock down there for them. And so I think that makes them learn how to be able to twist and turn and yeah. get back on totally. the I mean, why not? You know, I, you know, as far as mouth goes, a dog that is, that it, that you, can you teach a dog if it, if it's hesitant to bite a rabbit? Can you teach it to get in there and get more active? I think you can. I think it takes time, and I only have a few dogs who can helps me do that. But I think if you throw a um, uh, an experienced dog with that little dog and you put it in a pin like a big pin like that, and you throw a rabbit in there with it, that pup will get more active and chasing that. I think we got a bird running on the roof. <laughs> Yeah, those little birds get up there and walk on it. Yeah, I think you can. I think you can get a pup excited about going after that rabbit with that older dog. And I think. I think. I don't know. You could probably give it more confidence. Well, when my when my puppies get to where they're getting close to the age to start training them, I'll put those puppies before my older dogs. They'll just run with that older dog. And then when you jump a rabbit with that older dog, they think they're supposed to be good. My dogs were, oh, they were good. But when I started running with Justin's dogs, I could see them transform within months. And I mean, they learned so much skill, yeah. not a physical ability, skill. And they learn how to work as a team with those dogs. Because Justin's dogs, especially his old Saluki mouse, is a, he's a veteran. I mean, he's running, he's six years old, still hunting. And I, you know, I don't know, I don't know. Uh, this is just, like I say, this is my thought again. But I like to put my pups with some dogs that can keep that rabbit feet down in Absolutely. front of me. I think if you put them with some of them long running dogs that don't start working a rabbit till way out there and all, I think it disheartens them. Justin had two uh, McLaughlin high-powered half-bloods that were super fast in the first two minutes, and my dogs ran with them. The Salukis were tail dragging a little bit for the first half, but then they come in and do their thing. I'm not even gonna discount those Salukis. Justin's not, Justin's Salukis are incredible and they caught a lot of rabbits for us because they can cut those corners so perfectly. And I mean, they can, it looks like you tie a string from their nose to that rabbit's butt sometimes, especially in those long winded races where that rabbit gets down into a creek or it gets down into a real tall grass draw. Justin's big dog at full speed will start jumping. It looks like a dolphin jumping through the tall grass and he'll keep that rabbit in front of him somehow. He has yeah. saved more races doing that. It's pretty dogs, amazing. They get smarter the more years you oh, get, yeah. the smarter they get. You know, the rabbit I caught, I called you jumping around. That rabbit ran into that bush and then it turned around the full 180 and come out the back. 
and that Jip, who's not as experienced as my dog, just blew past that bush, and my dog was already slamming on the brakes, and he knew, and he, that rabbit, jumped in, jumped out, and came right back out that mesquite bush, and he was already turning around, and got right on that rabbit and killed him in 20 seconds, right after him. Just ran up and plucked him right beside him, and I was, elated is an understatement. I'm not, this inter- I, you know, you've asked me to do this interview, and, but I'm not, I'm not trying to tell anybody that I'm right, that I no, have the right not. answers. I just, just want to hear what you have to say. This is my thoughts. Yeah. And that's why we're here. I, I mean, they, they may not work for someone else somewhere else. Yeah, totally. But I mean, A, I respect you a bunch. B, I love talking to you. And I think you got a lot of knowledge and I just wanted to hear what you have to say. I mean, I have a whole list of questions, but we can go. I mean, well, yeah, whatever we want. But I did want to ask you one question. I'm going to ask everybody this. Tell me about your favorite race. There's got to be one that's stuck in your mind. And what happened? And did the quarry escape or did you catch it? Well, I don't know. Boy, I've had a lot of them. What's one that makes you just jump for joy? The one that I think about a lot is that Joe Edward dog I seen about in that Nova. They they had mouths on. Joe that Nova Jip was uh she was seven mates to Lukey. Oh yeah. No. Who bred her? No, five eights. Five eights. That's what I'm trying to get to, that that percentage uh, roughly. I got her from Doc Blevins, Bill Haney from Electric Texas. Raising litter pups, and he named them all after cars Chevy, Nova, Cadillac, all that, you know. And Doc was up here one time running, and boy, I fell in love with that Nova Jeff because she could run up, even though she had so much. She looked like a full blood Saluki, but this Jeff was a one, she was kind of like a full blood Saluki that Mike McLaughlin had. Uh, Jewel? They had mouths, Jewel. Yeah. They had mouths on them. I mean, when they got to that rabbit, they didn't want to course him, they wanted to kill him. I love it. And so I wanted her, but there was no way. And we was out here southeast of town one day, and that Nova Jeep jerked this toenail on that right front outside toenail off, and Doc thought she was running. He said, well, I run her. And I said, well, I'll buy her off of And he sold her to me. And boy, I raised some good pups at her. Jewel, Justin's Jeep, Nadia, is a spitting image of Jewel. Nadia has a vacuum cleaner for a mouth. Yeah. And when a rabbit is in front of her, it is dead. I'll tell you something about <laughs> Mike. The first time he came here and he had Jewel as a pup, she was eight or nine months old. We have time. Oh, we can go as long as we want. It's 49 she, minutes. She was eight or nine years old. Eight or nine months old. And we were up here by Idaloo, and he had another little female about the same age, and she wasn't a litter mate to Jewel. Forget where he finally he just gave her away because she wasn't worth anything. And uh, but he dropped them two out to dump out, just to dump out. And I always jumped up the rabbit didn't come up right there where we dropped them out at. And that jewel dog took that rabbit, went out there by herself. She killed that rabbit. It's such a hard dang, thing to do too by dang, yourself. Dang, dang. She wasn't but eight or nine months old. She was a pup. Dang. I said, boy, Mike, you got you something there. He said, oh, that's probably a weak rabbit, I don't think. <laughs> and then, oh, I'm telling you what, I've seen her do some things that unbelievable. I've seen her kill rabbits in 100 yards, and I've seen her kill them at two miles, you know. Yeah, that's how not is. And I told right. Mike McLaughlin, and I said, you got the best Saluki Zip I've ever seen in my life, and I've seen a trainload of them. Well, that's what, yeah. So the favorite race was Joe Edwards and Nova. Yeah, they'd run a rabbit over there. We was out here south of town. And they had to run a rabbit. I mean, I don't know how far, but they just, it was a long, 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 hard race. And that rabbit stepped out there on the farm to market road and was going right down the stripes. 
pavement. And, and they killed that rabbit right in the middle of that road. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> That's awesome. And I, and I, you know, I, that one sticks out in my mind more than anything. How long have you been running? How many years? Well, I'll be 70 on my birthday, and I started running when I was uh, 10, 11 years old. How many years ago was that race? Oh, let me see. It would be, I can tell you about exactly when it was. Uh, my wife and I have been married 25 years. So it was probably 23 years ago. And you're still grinning like it happened yesterday. Yeah. You're telling me that story. I've like told a lot of people that story. But, and there's a lot of witnesses there. So I saw it. That rabbit stepped out on Farm Market Road and went south on that Farm Market Road. I'll never forget it. Uh, yeah. 2901, I believe. 2902. And, uh, step, and I said, well, I'm beat now. And they went right it. down the middle of that road, and I was scared to death, afraid of cars meeting. Oh, yeah. They killed that rabbit going right down the middle of that road. <laughs> See the, the fur coming up on the pavement? <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love a good race. But three of the as good of dogs I ever had, too, was out of that Joe Edward dog that had run with her. They killed that rabbit going down that road. He bred her to a, a black and white spotted marathon jeep that's supposed to be an outstanding jeep. And I got three of those pups. I named one of them Joe and one of them Edward and one Junior. So uh, I named them. I named them that because their daddy's name was exactly. Joe Edward. So I had Joe Edward Junior. <laughs> I love the names. What, They're always. I so tell good. you what. When guys come watch. They come go hunting with me and all, and you never heard such hooping and hollering. Oh, oh, I have. Oh, Reverend. Oh, Reverend. Oh man, great guy. Uh, there's three preachers used to come down here from down the country. Uh, Finley, Montgomery, Brother Montgomery, Brother Finley. Man, I can't think of another one. Anyway, and they go hunting with me, they come down here, we go hunting. You never heard such screaming hollering in your life. Well, I mean. I run with Justin, so not, maybe. <laughs> uh, I run with Justin, so maybe Doc Blevin, we get loud. Doc Blevins had a daughter that lived here when Doc got to where he couldn't run no more, he'd come up here and stay with his daughter in the wintertime. I'd go over and get him and take him rabbit hunting with me. He told me, he said, that Joe dog right there, he said, Dean said, I've run rabbits all my life. I said, that's the best dog I've ever seen in my life. Is that your best dog you've ever had, you think? What's the best dog you ever had and why you think so? Well, you had different dogs. Uh, Mine's, of course, my male. <laughs> uh, Joe Edward Sr. I can't even have better dogs than I got now. Yeah, the, the culmination. Like I say, I've though. had dogs as good, but I've never had as many on my place. Yeah. I've had dogs as good. You know, them three dogs were Joe Edward and Jr. Their daddy, Joe and Nova. I Bigfoot. remember one year, Bigfoot. I, uh, I didn't run Bigfoot, I just had him here to breed. Mm -hmm. But uh, I remember that one year uh, with old I mean, a lot of folks are going to think this is a lie, but I mean, there are people that know me and will hunt with me, they'll tell you. Uh, I ran 54 rabbits and killed 51 or 52 of them. If they didn't go in a hole or something, they died. That's how, I mean, right now, we've only been outrun in 29 rabbits. We've only been truly outrun one time. And that would be my story of what's the craziest race that you lost? Ray, Ra, Ra, Raymond Rodriguez. He'd run from me with me, known me for 40 years. He told me percentage-wise, he said, Dean, percentage-wise, he said, you've had some great dogs over the years. But percentage-wise, I think you got the best dogs I've ever seen. I run three sets of dogs, three. 
I've run 20 rabbits and I've killed 20 rabbits this year. Can't argue with results. Mike McLaughlin was with me yesterday. I ran four and killed four the week before. I ran four and killed four. So realistically, what's a good catch percentage for a good pack? Oh, I think we kill 85%. It'd be great. That's an excellent pack. Because I've heard 50 50 is good. Not great. Good. Uh, I don't want 50 50. I don't want to feed them. Yeah. Right now, we're. We're rocking out, you know what I mean? I guess it, that truly does depend on your terrain, too. Because if you're running in terrible terrain, 50-50 yeah, could 50, be excellent. Yeah, that's your, you're right. Yeah. You know, if you're running, like Mike and Dan Conkle. It's really contested. Up there in Wyoming. I, I, I've never been to Wyoming until a year before last. And, uh, man, I went up to Wyoming to see some of that stuff they run in. Yeah. I thought, I told Mike, I said, I've never owned a Greyhound and run rabbits up there. I think you'd feel the same way about some of the places we are forced I, to run. I'm, I'm sure. Knee grass But oh, Mike, them, they run, I mean, you know, they can't run a, dog, a rabbit any time at all until it's over a hill. they got to run the top of that hill and see me down the valley, then he's out of sight again over yeah. another hill. All their dogs packed. They've got a good bunch of packing dogs. And I bred, uh, Raymond and I bred a jip to that Mikey dog, and that's these three jips you saw out here that's 20 months old. They're looking good. Oh, they bring a rabbit God, they're good. And, uh, but, uh, man, they run across creeks. Some of the roughest country yeah. I've ever seen in my life. New Mexico, I've been all over New Mexico. Not as bad. Well, Maybe. there's one place. I was. Uh, I went up to Santa Fe one time, and I rode that train. You know, they got a train that goes kind of through the mountain and all. I never seen so many jackrabbits. I didn't know they had jackrabbits in the mountains. There are places that have so many jackrabbits, but it's just unrunnable because they prefer shrubland, right? So, and there's a lot of shrubs. We actually have to drive quite a ways to find good remaining intact desert prairie that we run on. I couldn't believe all the rabbits I saw okay. on that train trip just in the mountains. As a, you know, we we do rabbit surveys quarterly, and there are some places that you'll see 70 rabbits in a square mile yeah i mean just but that's all unrunnable but so yeah we had a, we had a good we had good luck finding rabbits yesterday so is lubbock your favorite place to run well, it's the only place I do <laughs> it's a hard to say no now, to i tell you where i really 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 love to run i really love to run them old alfalfa bashes over in oklahoma the big center pivots yeah, I love to run those alfalfa. I'd like to travel around. I'm, I'm coming here next. That's where I want to run next. So, I think me. But Lubbock, Mike McLaughlin said he believed the best rabbit dogs in the world come out of the Lubbock, this, this part of the world. Because we have a lot of rabbits. Yeah. Like his, they came down here Monday. Mike had found five rabbits. He's killed five rabbits. And Danny just killed two. They can't find any rabbits up there this year. They're gone. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm facing right now. It's really bad. It's boring, I want, I want to, I'm going to tell you a little story, and then we'll quit. Okay, sounds good. Doc Blevins is on more greyhounds than any man walking. Racetrack dogs. No. Oh, hunting dogs. Well, racetrack dogs, too, because he used to go out to Arizona and everywhere back years ago. When I was a little kid, I remember him coming by coming through and stopping my brothers and him talking to him and he'd have a big trailer full of hot blood dogs he'd been out to Arizona to get or over at racetrack in New Mexico or wherever you know and uh, anyway I was at a police department in Vernon Texas and I didn't make a lot of money but I was riding a lot of, a lot of outside horses and I had my place I had my horses was out way off out there and and there's just wheat fields after wheat fields after wheat fields after wheat fields with no fences around just right west of my horse, from between Burning and Lockett. Doc Blevins would take him hot blood dogs. He went to Bowie Trade Day. Back years ago, Bowie Trade Day was 
one of the biggest dog trade days in the world. And he would, and he would just take a break out from anybody. And I walked up to him one day, and there was a little mousy-colored ring-neck jip, young jip, and a pen over there with a bunch of other dogs in it. What's that jip right there? He said, she's a Bowie's Trade Days dog. I said, what will you take for her? He said, $7.50. <laughs> what? No joke. I gave him $7.50. I bought that little jip. I took her and warmed her and cleaned her out good, and I went to feeding her great. And she would follow me. Every, I'd ride a colt across the country, a horse across the country, and she'd follow me. She got to where she jumped jackrabbits. You might make a good show and miss him one. I kept feeding her and exercising her. And that jib got to where she's killing jackrabbits by herself. She was a little dog, might have weighed 40 pounds, 45 pounds at most, little jib, 30 things. Had the finest little greyhound head on her. That's how my jib is. And Doc Blevins had a, a black jib, he called her Rosebud. And every time you'd see him, you know, and we'd go hunting, and she was a good jib, he'd say, Oh, Rosebud is open to the world. That's what he'd say. He said, you know, I, I, you never heard him talk, but he kind of high-pitched and squalls a little bit when he talks. And says, he's open to the world, you know. <laughs> and so after I had this jip several months, and I see her catching them rabbits by herself. She caught a lot of rabbits by herself. I'd be going across there horseback and rabbit come over. But I was getting her fit, see, and feeding her good, taking good care of her, worm her and all that. I caught him one day and I said, oh, Rosebud's still open to the world. I think that's her name. She's a black jib. He said, yeah, what do you got going out running, Dean? I said, that's $7.50 dog I bought off of you. And he says, well, let me call uh, Ricky Hickey, Albert Hickey. Albert Hickey and him ran dogs together all the time. He said, meet me here at the house and we'll go over to Oakland Union. We went up north Oakland and toward Oklahoma border and it was a pasture. And it's in the evening. We went up there and I walked out there. I, I walked his dogs when I was a kid. He had another guy named Bud Hardy's from Big Spring. When I was a kid, I'd walk his dogs. Anyway, I walked in. And we jumped the rabbit. His dog beats me to the rabbit and they just start working it together. They just run beautiful together, you know, just like racing for the pole position. You know, mm -hmm. they worked that rabbit. I mean, this race got long. A little bit of a mousy jib just started going on out, going on out, going on out. A little bit of rosebud started trotting. And this rosebud, I mean this jib I had, she come on around, she come on, and she come right by us. We stand at the pickup, she come right by us, and that rabbit run so slow I could reach out and caught it. And the rabbit was squealing. And that little jib of mine, she was about that far behind her, stayed that way for a long time. And then that rabbit was so desperate, there's a little bush there that she wanted to hide behind, and she just slowed down a little bit to hide behind. And little chip picked that rabbit up. And old Doc Blevins, every time he'd come up here, he said, I'll never forget getting out run by $7.50. <laughs> so that means. That's awesome. That means, you know, and I bought a pair it's of all dogs. About the care. I bought a pair of dogs off of a off of a guy one time. They got to where they couldn't catch a dog, and they were about that wide, and I brought them home. I warmed them and fed them up and everything and really waited for a while and I'd take them out here south town. I'd stretch the road out there about seven miles if nothing's on there and I'd road work them dog. I went back to run them, they was rabbit killing machines. Well, 
so that shows you right there that care makes yeah. a lot. Oh, it's, it's no brainer to me, but you yeah. know how it goes. Well, Dina, man, I, this is the first one that went perfect. It's exactly what I was hoping it would be, so I can't even thank you enough. So, well, I mean, there's a lot of stories we don't have time for. No way. I mean, we can do this again. I'll, when I come back and run in February, we'll keep just chatting and talking stories, and then we'll have some stories about how we're hunting. Dean, thanks, buddy. Really appreciate it. Oh my God, it's been great knowing you.